Bush and Richie here with your Daily Takeaway podcast. I'm embarrassed today. Why? I'm embarrassed of myself because I had one glass of whiskey last night mm-hmm. and I've got a hangover today. <laughs> How can you have a hangover after one tiny little glass of scotch while you're watching TV? Equally, it is it's heavy stuff. It is heavy stuff, but like you, if you watch movies of like the olden days, mm-hmm. if anyone went into anyone else's office to talk about anything, they'd always pour them over at like over at the cabinet. That's a good point. A glass of something and give it to them. They just drink that in the middle of the day. And there's me with like a, a, a hangover off, off one glass. I wonder whether this is it for me. Maybe I'm done and dusted. I, I, I it's it's not going to be a revelation that as you get older, it's going to be harder, isn't it? Is it what? I feel like I've still got a bit of time left in me. <laughs> no, yeah. I feel like I'm just wilting a bit early in, in the game here. Do you know what I mean? I, I, look, I'd, I'd like to think you've got plenty of years left, like, you know, living. Thank you very much. <laughs> I wasn't saying that, but I think Scotch is going to hit you harder. Do you have a tipple in the week? Do you ever have a little tipple? Uh, if I do, then it's not a scotch. I, I, I wouldn't go that hard during the week. It would just be just okay. a cold beer out the fridge. Okay, maybe maybe I need to, to downgrade it. I mean, you, I, you've talked about this before on the show, but you like a Desperado's in the shower. I do. And in the bath, yes. The Desperado. <laughs> the Desperado handed, handed his notice to him. That's a terrible joke. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's just uh, as you as you listen to the show, um, listen to it and think Bush is on good form. Deep down, terrible hangover. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's daily takeaway. So we've got uh, top UK bowler Don Barrett on the show today, yes. haven't we? Which is going to be brilliant. Uh, he represents the country doing 10-pin bowling and that. Uh, it's on the way after five. He's going to give us some top tips about our big bowling extravaganza tomorrow. Us or you? Mainly me. Okay. I need all the help I can get some terrible at bowling. But do you know what? I was thinking about this whole thing. It's great that he's like 10-pin bowling. There's like proper competitions for it. Mm. it. It's kind of a marginal sport. And sometimes I think about, you know, like the little things you do in life. The little stuff you're good at, that it's a shame that you're never going to get recognised for that. You're never going to be able to to showcase that at the highest level. For like, for example, uh, I'm I'm a big believer in the fact that I think I make the UK's best instant coffee. Oh, I thought I honestly thought that you were about to say tea, and I would have backed you up. Thank you very much. Well, you ain't seen my coffee yet. <laughs> well, Even just like a normal, you know, spoonful of Nescafe. The way I do it, and yeah. the way I do it with the microwave and, and the hot milk, you know, hot water from the kettle. No one else does it like me. You're microwaving instant coffee. Microwave a bit of milk in the uh, in the microwave. Yeah. Heat that up. I, I don't want to give away any secrets, no, but fair enough. What, what you end up with is what I call the Andy Bush patented uh, speckled top of the milk. Wow. The, the froth in many ways. If with only the there was a championship. If only I was able to, you know, take that to an international stage, that'd be great. <laughs> I thought, given that given that Dom's on this evening, if there's a little thing that you do that you, you think you're really good at, that you feel you could represent the United Kingdom at it at international level, what would it be? It's such a shame it's four in the afternoon, otherwise I would demand that you go and do me a microwaved instant Let's coffee. Do it. I'll right do you one. Absolutely off our nuts <laughs> at 11 o'clock tonight. It's too late for me. Um, poached egg, quite simply. You reckon you have yeah, the, yeah. the international level poached egg? International level poached egg. Whenever I make a poached egg, people will always say, oh, this is like restaurant standard. Yeah. Honestly, I, I lose count of the times people say it. Poached eggs for me. It's interesting because we've been to a couple of hotels abroad recently with work and mm. stuff, and I'd say on the continent, not very good at poached eggs. No, they're all clean up. It. I'd clean up worldwide. So there you go. He would clean up worldwide at poached eggs. I am the UK, maybe the world's best instant coffee maker. What about you? It's 8 12 15. Please share. Uh, Joe says pillow puffing. I make the lighted, puffiest pillow at bedtime. Surely there's not very much to pillow puffing. Well, a, a pillow puff is a pillow puff. Do you know what I mean? I don't know, really. I mean, it's, it's got me wondering. I mean, I, I think I know what a, a puffy pillow feels like, but maybe I don't. What do you do when you puff your pillow? 
What's your What's your technique? One squeeze round the girth and put it back down. I go hug, hug, tap, tap, pat, pat, flap down. I think the flap down is undoing everything that you've just done. That's a good point. Flatten it back down again. Yeah, exactly. I? Yeah. I need to need to. Who's that? Joe. I need to give Joe a call. <laughs> uh, on the line though, right now we've got someone called Lisa who wants to share something with us. Lisa, what do you excel in then? My mashed potatoes or my roast potatoes. You think you have international level mash or roast potatoes? National, at least. At least national. At least the national heats. Lisa, I'd say there's more of an art to roasting a potato uh, than a mash, so we'll come back to that. But what's so good about your mash then, first of all? Uh, well, I've just made some, and I've put double cream in it today. Whoa! Oh, that's double a curveball. Because people put some and funky stuff in there, don't they? Have I heard of people putting uh, cracking an egg into a mashed potato, or is that... Oh, I've yeah. never done that. Is that weird? No, I wouldn't, know. But, okay. yeah, milk, lots of milk and butter, but today I thought we'll have double cream. Brilliant. I just say, don't don't crack an egg into mashed potatoes. <laughs> don't, I don't tell do me that. that's down the pub. <laughs> just making it up. What about your roasties? <laughs> uh, olive oil, very hot. Parboil, make them fluffy. In I, they go. In they go. Not quite the finale we were thinking. <laughs> Just put them in the oven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll keep an eye out for you at the Birmingham NEC, if that's still a yeah, thing. in they go. <laughs> Good to talk to you, Lisa. All right, thank you. Glenn says, Polly filling cracks in walls and around windowsills before wallpapering. Hone the skill of sieving the powder, getting the perfect smooth paste and finally selecting the correct grade of glass paper for sanding to achieve an invisible repair. Training like this, he adds, takes years. Now you see, you could televise the polyfilling poly of cracks. I imagine that. Yeah. That would be... Just the tent, you know, people shaking, you know, people get shaky hands <laughs> on like MasterChef or whatever. Be like that when he's trying to sand stuff. We want to see it. Uh, Cheryl from Ayrshire says, uh, For me, it has to be my one pot mac and cheese. Without blowing my own trumpet too much, it's flipping awesome. One pot mac and cheese? I mean, what's that all about? Just mac and cheese. What, what's the one pot thing? Yeah, I feel that's too much of a description in there. Yeah. I mean, they always are in one pot. Yeah, exactly. Please get back in Who touch, Who serves up mac and cheese in a duo pot? I mean, at least serve them in tiny, small, really irritating saucepans. <laughs> that's the standard, surely. Uh, Danny would like to put forward that uh, she can fold a fitted sheet into a rectangle. That's just folding a fitted sheet is quite something. It's just called folding, isn't it? Uh, Debbie, what are you the best at? Well, I'm the best at. After you've washed your uh, sofa cushions... Uh, the ones that you sit on, um, I'm the best at putting them back in. Wow, so I've done this before where I've taken the, the sofa cushion like covers off, washed them, and then nearly lost my mind. Like, <laughs> worst language ever trying to put them on. It's, it's near impossible. Well, you've got to have the knack now. It took me a while, but now I know how to do it. So let's think about this. If there was a worldwide challenge, obviously you would be turning up to a, a neutral arena, yep. uh, some kind of indoor conference centre, uh, with a, probably the sofa that you've never seen before and other people competing against you. With a stern Ikea named sofa. Yes, exactly. So do you reckon you could do it with just a neutral sofa or have you only got the knack with yours? No, I can do it with any sofa. I can Spons do brass. The, arm, the arm cushions, <laughs> um, the back cushions, the seats. Do the whole lot. Would it, would it yeah. be like watching the pit crew in action in a Formula One? You'd just be all over stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I was only putting some in the other day and it only took me a minute to put the arm cushions in, so I really got the knack down. Well, I'll tell you what, but let's put a time on it then. So, a standard uh, two-seater sofa, how long are you taking to put all that upholstery back on? In front of 20,000 people in, in an arena. So, we're talking you've got two back cushions, two seat cushions and two arm cushions, yes. is that what we're saying? Yeah, that's what we're saying. Um, I would say about a one minute for each cushion. Get out of town, that's, that's incredible. One minute for each cushion. Not even that, really. So that's four minutes total for the cushions and then the arms? 
No, that's with the arms as well. well I'm not messing around. What I would love to see, just to go down that Formula One route, is to have your other half down there with, like, you know, at the end with the paddle with a green go and a red stop thing? That would be good pit crew action, wouldn't it? Well, I think I might have to ring, well, if he's not alive anymore, Norris McWirt with the Guinness Book of Records, I think. It's what Norris would have wanted. <laughs> Even I love that. We're in awe of you. Well done. Oh, thank you. Richie's Daily Takeaway. Now, I'm going to preface everything I'm about to say by saying I've got a five-year-old at home and I can get tired very, very easily. OK, where's this leading? It means the mind can wander sometimes to some very strange places. And yesterday, when I was heading home after the show, making my way up out of the underground to catch the train home, I was on a set of escalators and my mind started to wander. I was just stood there holding on to the black handrail on the escalators and thinking how grubby it was. All the thousands of people that touch it all day and thinking, ugh, hygiene, ugh, gonna have to clean my hands when I get home, all this kind of thing. <laughs> just standard, just emptying my head as I'm making my way home after a day's work. And then the random thought came into my head. And truth be told, I've not had the ability to let this leave my head for the last 24 hours. Here's the thought. Okay. I don't reckon King Charles has ever been on a set of escalators. You don't... You, well, you, you were thinking of this on an escalator. <laughs> has King Charles ever been on an escalator? On the escalator last night, that's when my mind started to go. I was thinking, I bet he's never been on escalators. I bet he's never been on escalators because the thing is, they're so grubby, right? Yeah. See, even when he was Prince Charles, before he graduated to become King Charles... He's not going to have gone on escalators because when they turn up and open things, they're not going to go up a level on an escalator because they always arrive, red carpet, at the level they need to be at. So they well, don't go up escalators. But they do open a lot of stuff. Like, maybe, like, new... Like we've had the Elizabeth line up yeah. here. He must have been involved in a bit of that. No, his mum did that. That's a good point. Yeah. So maybe he's not been... That'd be weird, though. Imagine never being on, never been on an escalator. See, this is the thing, all right? And I, I do appreciate it's a strange statement to come out with. And probably to begin with, you're thinking, he's finally gone mad. He's but lost it. as the seconds have passed, can you honestly tell me, hand on heart, you can recall seeing an image somewhere of the king going up an escalator? Like with Camilla just behind him. Because they wouldn't want it. Because, they, it's, you know, the hygiene of the escalators, all that kind of thing. Yeah. They won't put them in lifts because you don't want bad publicity of them going in a lift and it getting stuck. At their palaces, they won't have escalators because they're all old. They'll have grand staircases. I honestly think, 70 years on or whatever, he's not been on an escalator. And he's missed out, though, because I mean, one of life's great treats is going on an escalator. So uh, King Charles will never know what it's like to last-minute doubt your footing and readjust as you're about to get on one. Now, or, or walk up one that doesn't work and feel like you're on the moon. Exactly. Or or stand and brush your, your foot against the side of one of them. Give us a little shoe shine. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to want shiny shoes. He's missing out on that. Little shoe shine there. So, look, you might have worked at a place that's been opened by a member of the royal family. I might be wrong on this, but I've got a feeling that what I've actually discovered is a, is a, is a big royal... Think that has never been discovered before. It's a <laughs> that's revelation. A terrible term for it. Revelation. That's, that's a revelation. <laughs> Unfortunately, the, the lack of the word revelation there has undermined my authority on this. But I'm confident of it. <laughs> so, is it likely that you saw a UFO? <laughs> oh, I, I, def well. I definitely saw a UFO. Don't, don't now you're trying to wallpaper me <laughs> as some kind of water mitty character. I know what you're doing. I've seen this. Crackpot conspiracy theorist Richie Firth <laughs> pictured. Anyway, look, we've got we've got someone on the phone who wants to talk to you. Uh, it's Laura is on the line. Laura, what would you like to say to Richie? Um, Prince Charles went on a London underground and he went on the escalators. 
You can see it on Google. So he there's a Google, there's a Google image picture of. Are you sure it's Prince Charles? Because the, Richie thinks he might have alighted upon quite a big royal scandal here. <laughs> it's, I think it. I think it looks like him. But how do we know? You know, AI can do some very uh, exactly. You very don't. Real you pictures. don't know what you're googling these days. To be quite frank. <laughs> it's, it's the mainstream media outlets that are trying to make you believe that, do you know what I mean? Right, yeah, it's all a big scandal. He's never been on an escalator in his life. That's it. They want to keep this, they want to suppress it. They're embarrassed that they don't travel on these moving stairs. <laughs> Jubilee line opening my backside. Oh. That's a poor choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really poor choice of words. We're going to let you go there, OK, Laura? Take care. Yeah, and you. Thanks very much. This is The Daily Takeaway. Daily Takeaway. Go, okay. on, go on then, Richie. What, just tell everyone again. Just to, say, say someone's just put the radio on now because they're cooking tea and they've, they haven't heard what your revelation was. I was about to apologise. I was about to assure a retraction. Do they have to hear it? Well, let's just let's just hear what what the theory was, and let's see how. Let's now, and then we'll hear how the theory currently stands. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do that in a different order. In tatters is where it stands. <laughs> I had surmised that the king had never used an escalator. Yep. It turns out he opened the Jubilee line in 1979, and this uh, was hurt because you're obviously a trains guy. Yep. Uh, so used an escalator to get down to that, uh, pointed out by Fran and Simon and Nick and thousands of others. Uh, the Charles and Camilla pictured using um, escalators uh, during the lockdown recovery in COVID masks. My entire um, Twitter timeline, even though, like I said earlier on, this is, this is Richie's thing, this is his revelation, my Twitter timeline is full of photos of <laughs> Prince Charles on different escalators. Someone else texted here saying, he also, in Newcastle in 2021... Uh, had something to do with the Nexus Tyne and Weir Metro 40th anniversary. He was on an escalator then yeah, as well. Yeah. So he's not just been on the underground. He's been up and down the country on escalators. <laughs> In fact, you can't get him off them. All I would say is, most of the pictures, look, he doesn't really want to be touching the handrail. OK, that's there you go. There's, you're changing it now. You're not getting on Good Morning Britain with that, that's for sure. <laughs> right, top bowler Don Barra should be on the show next. I don't know if he's been listening. <laughs> it's 50-50. He's hopefully on the way. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Home time with Bush and Richie's Absolute Radio on a Wednesday. We go bowling with Absolute Radio's listeners tomorrow to celebrate Absolute Radio's 15th birthday. And we've just been trying to make a few final adjustments to get ourselves ready for the big night tomorrow. And we need to get some tactics. And who better to speak to than an actual pro bowler? It's the brilliant Dom Barrett. Welcome to Home Time, Dom. Yeah, thank you much for having me. Hey, it's our pleasure, Dom. Um, so, ten tour titles, three majors. You are right up there as the Messi of the bowling world. Uh, yeah, I'm very fortunate to have uh, you know been bowling for a living for you know a decent amount of years now, and um, yeah, with some success. Well, you know, I think the the real kicker on this is the World Bowling Writers Bowler of the Year. That's yeah. you know that's like that's you mean that's, you're a bowler's bowler. Uh, yeah, I, I started when I was a, a kid, and um, you know, bowling back when I was a bit, a bit younger, 25 years ago. Uh, there was a few um, like uh, youth bowling clubs on Saturday mornings that I was a part of. Uh, went on to represent Essex and England, and now I find myself on the PBA Tour in America as well. Oh, brilliant. So you, you, I'm from Leon C. Which bit of Essex do you represent, or you represented back then? Well, I grew up in Walton, Walton on the Nays. So the pier that goes out to sea yeah. had uh, nine lanes on, and there was like a membership base there. Uh, and I grew up at the sort of end part of that, if you like. And is there like oh, yeah. a plaque in your local bowling alley to, you know, at least uh, you know, indicate to people that, you know, that a future star bowled here? Well, it's moved around a lot. It's had a few different owners. Um, I still live uh, local to that area, even though I spend about half a year away. Um, we live in Great Bentley now. My son's growing up in the school there and 
Um, I actually tra- travel down to Collier Row uh, to practice as well. So always in and out on F- of Essex a lot. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the great thing about being in England. There's so many sports available that we can play. Uh, and I actually get to enjoy all of those as well. Tom, where would be the uh, the Wembley or the Lords or the Wimbledon of the bowling world that uh, you would aspire to throw your balls down one day? Uh, it's sort of an ever-changing thing in England. It's um, unfortunately the sport of England, sport of bowling, isn't um, taken as serious in England because the you know proprietors do such a good job of sort of open play away from the sport that I play. Yeah. Um, but we just had a tournament at the English Open. That was in Stroud, so that was just on the last weekend. Wow. Um, it's pretty cool to have an event in England I get to play because there aren't that, that many. And, yeah, Stroud's uh, really well looked after bowling centre and uh, a lot of England training goes on there. So, I mean, a lot of people would have grown up with the movie Kingpin. I remember watching that thing and, man, I want to get into the 10-pin bowling because they, they made it look so cool. Big Lebowski as well. What's it like going to bowl in America? Like, I guess it's Vegas you go to, right? Is that where it is in America? Yeah, Vegas. Actually, in, in the um, the film uh, Kingpin, they were in in Reno, and that was one. It's called the National Bowling Stadium. It's one of the biggest bowling centers in America. Wow, it's still there now. Um, but yeah, we sort of travel all over the states. Really, I'm about to go back on uh, you know on Friday. I head back over there for um, a team event that we play in Portland, Maine. It's like a quite a popular. It's called PBA League. Do, do, do they respect uh, British bowlers over in America though, or is it like when we try and get involved in American football, everyone's a bit like, oh, come on. No, no, yeah, they're very well respected. Um, we've been doing it a long time now, and you know, it's a great thing about bowling is a, an international game that doesn't change country to country, so it's just about knocking over the, the most amount of pins. It's, uh, At the end of the day? Fair, really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, when it comes to our bowling night uh, tomorrow night, um, is there one tip that you would give to any bowler? What, what, what would you say when you, when you look as a pro at your average bowler going for a night out? What is, what is the one thing that a lot of people are doing wrong that you would say would be an easy fix? Little tip that we could take into tomorrow night. Yeah, definitely. There's, um, you know, use your thumb and then the, the two middle fingers of your hand. So your, your ring finger and your middle finger, use those fingers. Okay. Try and find the ball that fits the best. So it might be a little bit heavier than you wanted, but as long as it fits properly, that makes a big difference. And then just try to um, not overthrow it. So for us, when we uh, bowl professionally, we use our legs a lot. So um, try to use your legs and not your upper body. Wow. And I've seen a photo of you on your Instagram. You're, it's almost like a pirouette type isn't thing, it? isn't it? Yeah. Amazing. Uh, our producer, Adam, we talked about this in the week, and he did actually annoyingly get quite a lot of people come to his defence, but he bowls backhanded, so he'll kind of spin the ball underneath his hand outwards, if you know what I mean. Is that is that a thing? Um, yeah, you know, uh, uh, recreation of all the... Um, it's just about, you know, keeping it on the lane and trying to get a couple of strikes. Um, so can you do what you want as long as the ball goes down the lane? Yeah, pretty much. Stay behind the foul line and knock over as many pins as you can, yeah. <laughs> so you could go underarm. You could underarm it between your legs. <laughs> between your legs if you really want to. Yeah, you might not... Yeah. Wow. It could look cool, but um, I imagine someone else is going to beat you doing it. But, yeah, whatever you do, have fun. Have a couple of drinks. Happy birthday to Absolute Radio. And, and thank you very much for having me on. Oh, oh cheers, fella. Kind. Well, we, we want to measure ourselves against you, Don. What would, what would be a score that would make you proud of us tomorrow as we, as we head down? What would be a little a little score that we should aim for? Um, anything over 150. If somebody bowls over 150, I think that's quite impressive. Okay, okay. I don't think I'll be getting anywhere near that, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm just setting expectations. A few spares. A few spares. And then, and finally, just two really quick questions. Uh, in terms of being a pro, when you're a pro, do you still have to hand your shoes in and get them sprayed? And secondly, do you do that thing with the towel and the ball before you actually bowl? No, no, we have all of our own stuff. Actually, this morning I've been down practising as well, so sorting out my own equipment. And, um, you know, the level that I compete at is about pre-shot routine and making sure that, you know, mentally you're ready to 
have your best uh, effort, if you like, in the next go. But for you, for you guys, just have a really good time, have fun. Uh, that's what bowling's for. Anybody can do it, and that's why it's such a good sport. Brilliant. Pre-shot routine is an interesting one. Just uh, one final question, because we're having a little party in the studio before we go bowling tomorrow night. Is there a, a, a specific bowling diet we're getting a KFC in? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, for the night out, you guys can do whatever you want. Yeah, have, have a bit of fun. Uh, we have a long days on tour that start at 8 in the morning and sometimes they finish till midnight. So we have to be a bit more careful. But, um, yeah, as long as you guys have a good time, I think that's all that matters. Uh, well, I tell you, KFC's going to play Havoc with Greasy Fingers yeah. isn't it? and the release. <laughs> yeah. uh, our, our pre-routine is shot, so it kind of, the words, but not necessarily the right order. Uh, it's been brilliant <laughs> to speak to you, uh, Don. What a fantastic ambassador for the sport. Don Barrett, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Happy birthday, Absolute Radio. Thank you very much. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. How would you feel if I handed you a scotch in the shower? A, I'd say, how the hell, hell did you get in here? <laughs> that would be a start, wouldn't it? And then after the shock had subsided, maybe you sit on the loo and chat to me through the curtain. Yes. As I'm drinking it. Yes. It would be quite a nice way to just catch <laughs> up in the evening, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be. You guys having a good mental image right there? Be sorted out. Sort that out in a Soho hotel. Let's do it. <laughs>